Today humans are pretty cautious about life but when it comes to health only a few of us are profoundly aware of that life is a precious gift for us so we need to cognize all the facets of life so food is one of the basic necessities of humans and it stands first among all basic needs and you know that good food makes you healthier physically as well as mentally so we also need to care our health on nutritional basis in this episode you'll know about what is culinary medicine and how modern food are affecting us today we have dr michael fenster from us who is a cardiologist and a culinary expert he'll bring you deeply closer to the relation of food with human health so please listen till the end i'm pretty sure that you are about to familiar with certain things regarding to it which you don't know earlier if you have any queries then you can directly interact with me through instagram i'll mention the link into episode detail but for now enjoy the episode let's inlet into this epochal conversation hello mr mike welcome to the self improver show most welcome to this improver world where people are improving themselves in terms of all the facets of life by accumulating some knowledge of surroundings and what's going out there Well, thank you so much for having me. It's it's a pleasure to be here, and um, I love the idea. And, and certainly, uh, what we do in culinary medicine is focused on the food, but uh, it reaches, as, as you point out, all areas of our life uh, to improve. Yeah. So I am familiar about your attribute. Can you please speak something about yourself to the listeners? Sure. Uh, my name is uh, Mike Fenster. Uh, everyone calls me chef dr mike because uh, i am a professional chef i am also a cardiologist yeah. and i teach culinary medicine at the university of montana uh, here in the united states that's very nice so we all know that uh, a food is something that provides nutrients or energy for activities like growth and all functions of the body so some food is healthy while some food is completely unhealthy so we need to be aware of what to eat and what we have to neglect i know that some of the peoples are really cautious regarding to it but most of them are not i remember that uh, what my elders like my grandparents used to say that their ancestors were much healthier and they had a longer life as compared to the modern generation and it's because they had good food so i want to know on this that how will you differentiate the traditional food and the modern food well what your parents and maybe grandparents and and so on were saying is exactly right um what we have found in our study of culinary medicine here in the United States is that really our way of looking at food uh in terms of saying well this is red meat and this is dairy and this is vegetables and this is fruit really doesn't apply because over the last oh 50 75 years or so particularly mm. our food has really changed um because of all the 
adulterating and all the processing and all the additives and the things we take out of food and the things we put into food. And it turns out that that really can affect us in a negative way. So a lot of uh, very interesting and well done research has actually come out of the University of Sao Paulo in Brazil, where they have developed what's called the NOVA classification of food. And they have shown that they divide food into four categories, with one being you know, natural food, mm. as you were saying, what really people uh, have lived on for hundreds of thousands of years, all the way up to what they call class four, which is this ultra-processed modern food. Mm. And they've shown that when we eat a lot of this ultra-processed level four modern food, that really, really correlates with an increased risk of disability and disease like heart disease, uh, Alzheimer's, inflammatory diseases, diabetes, arthritis, etc. Uh, so that observation that, that uh, you just shared with me about, well, you know, people didn't have these diseases 50, 100 years ago, uh, I think is absolutely true. And we can attribute those in a large part to the changes that we've done to our own food and food pathways. Yeah. So you are a culinary expert, as you have shared with us. So I have read somewhere that food science or culinary science is quite different from each other. So uh, I want to know the differentiation between culinary science or food science. Oh, sure. So, uh, and, and we do both. So uh, food science, uh, for example, uh, there are many different areas of, of food science. So you mm -hmm. can have somebody working uh, for a company, mm -hmm. uh, for example, and this is what many of the um, large food uh, conglomerates, uh, some are based in the United States, but many are international, will do. And so a food scientist is somebody who may look at something uh, and how to craft a particular product so that when you take a bite, you want to eat lots of it and you want to come back and buy more of it. Mm. And so they're involved in that, in those aspects of food science. Food science may be somebody who simply study, you know, how, uh, where something grows affects the nutritional components uh, mm. of that food. So it's, it's very varied in what they may or may not do in terms of food science. Culinary science, um, certainly the culinary arts, mm. are uh, much more focused in the preparation of the food. Um, and there's two aspects to that. So mm -hmm. there's the aspect of preparing the food uh, to serve to people, to give them a pleasurable, positive yeah. food experience. And then there's also culinary uh, sciences, uh, which deal with, of course, the business of running restaurants. Mm. Uh, so when you run a commercial kitchen, yeah. that's a very different enterprise than obviously cooking for yourself at home. Okay, okay. I got that now. So what is culinary medicines and from where the idea of culinary medicine is generated and how it can help the peoples in the cure of their several health issues? Sure. So culinary medicine is kind of really where I stand. So as a professional chef, I have the culinary sciences and the culinary arts uh, on one hand. As a cardiologist, I obviously have uh, health and medicine on the other hand. And culinary medicine 
brings these two together to meet in the middle. And really what we are trying to achieve in culinary medicine mm-hmm. is to empower, empower people uh, like you and your listeners, Zaki, to mm-hmm. uh, be able to reestablish their relationship with food. Mm-hmm. Uh, because what we find when we look at studies like the Harvard uh, Happiness Study, mm-hmm. when we look at studies like the Blue Zone Studies, which looked at areas around the world where there are groups of people who live to be over 100 years old and they're very uh, healthy, very functional, etc. Mm-hmm. What we find is that one of the most important things in our health, our happiness, and our longevity uh, of life is our relationships and the quality of our relationships with each other. So this doesn't mean having a lot of Facebook likes or people following you on Instagram. Mm. It has to do with our relationships with each other. And of course, we have a relationship with food, which is one of our most important, most fundamental relationships. So it's very important to understand what we are eating, how we eat, when we eat, with whom we eat, where we eat, and how that yeah. impacts our mood, our happiness, and ultimately it will have a huge impact in our health as well. So culinary medicine is really focusing on that uh, individual's relationship with their food, and we want to give people the tools to make that a really powerful, strong, and healthy, positive relationship. Mm. Okay. Okay. Nice. So, some of the health experts says that good food is also beneficial for mental health. So, what's your outlook on that? Absolutely, and and it goes both ways. So, for example, as a cardiologist, I can tell you that if someone suffers from depression, uh, that is as powerful a, a risk factor for developing heart disease, which is an inflammatory disease, mm-hmm. as any cholesterol level. So how we feel affects our immune system. We know when people suffer from depression, they're more susceptible to certain diseases. And we also know in a fascinating way that uh, people who suffer from depression that can alter the bacteria that live in their gut. And this has a huge impact in our health. It's something we've really only begun to study about the last maybe decade or so, maybe even not quite that long and get a lot of information on. Mm. So what we eat, for example, when we eat things that are wholesome, authentic, natural, and good for not only our bodies, but for the bacteria in our gut, we basically grow a garden of happiness inside of us. And those bacteria will secrete things like serotonin, which goes into our bloodstream and then goes to our brains and actually makes us happy. So again, to to refer to people who suffer from depression, one of the medications, Mm. one of the pharmaceuticals that is used are things called serotonin uh, receptor uptake inhibitors. And basically what those do is they make more serotonin available to the brain and that makes people happier well when you eat something that makes the bacteria in your gut very happy they literally put something in the blood that goes to your brain and makes you happier Mm -hmm. so there's this very dynamic interaction that goes both ways between our mental health and the state of our gut bacteria Uh, and our susceptibility to disability and disease and mental diseases uh, as well. And also, um, 
you know, what we choose to eat and how that affects us. So very dynamic, very important link between what we eat, how we eat, on, on our attitudes mm-hmm. uh, when we eat as well uh, for uh, mental health. And of course, that, uh, as I mentioned earlier, really does correlate uh, with our longevity, our health, our wellness, um, and our happiness. Okay. I know that all the modern food is not uh, unhealthy. So can you tell which one is unhealthy for us? Well, what we seem to be identifying is that when we look at our uh, modern foodstuffs, it's the ones that are really ultra processed. So that means that we've added uh, a lot of kind of unnatural compounds to that food. Um, Processed food we often talk about and people want to say oh processed food is bad but as you point out just cooking food is a way to process food so we're taking um, some vegetables and we cook them and that's thermally processing them and that actually makes them a little bit better it changes the taste and textures it allows us the ability to extract more nutrients mm-hmm. and different sorts of compounds with them so that's an important level of processing but when we add things that our bodies and particularly these gut bacteria these bacteria that live inside our gut have not never seen before and i have not evolved to metabolize those things it turns out can have very negative impacts on us so one item for example um that's been shown to be not so good for us are certain types of artificial sweeteners. Mm-hmm. Now, 20 years ago, or maybe even longer, we thought they were really going to be helpful because we said, well, sugar is bad. Sugar has lots of calories. That Maybe that's why it's bad. It makes people fat. Mm-hmm. Turns out that's not true. Yeah. But we thought that. So we came up with these sweeteners that had zero calories, artificial sweeteners. And we said, this is going to be great because people can have sweet things mm-hmm. to eat, but they're not going to get any calories. They're not absorbed by the human uh, yeah. cells in the gastrointestinal tract. And what what, what turns out happens is that those chemicals affect our gut bacteria in a very bad way. So there's an example of kind of a fake food, if you will, these artificial sweeteners yeah. added to like diet drinks. And it turns out that, that those types of, uh, of compounds, those types of manufactured foods can be really bad for us. Exactly. So there's also a thing like, you know, as you have mentioned that unhealthy food leads you to some sort of diseases in your body. So can you uh, tell which kind of diseases can succumb us by having unhealthy foods? Well, it's, it's interesting. So what we see are really what we might call the disabilities and diseases of modern civilization. So as you mentioned, Uh, earlier, it's the things that we didn't see a lot of 100, 200 years ago. Mm -hmm. So where these diseases have their common root appears to be this chronic, low-level, ongoing inflammation. Mm -hmm. And so we see that with uh, obesity because it's not just about being overweight, but obesity has an inflammation throughout the whole body. And that's what we really classify, and that's what we mean by obesity as a, as a disease. And that's associated with things like diabetes, mm-hmm. which of course is a big risk factor for heart disease, heart disease and yeah. stroke. 
uh, neurodegenerative diseases like Alzheimer's disease, uh, certain types of cancers, mm-hmm. inflammatory bowel diseases, irritable bowel syndromes, certain types of arthritis. So it's very interesting that there's this very widespread panoply of different manifestations um, that all come back to a root cause of chronic continuous low-level inflammation. And that really seems to be the springboard from which these different uh, blooms originate in terms of diseases. And when we look at, um, I don't like the term more primitive cultures, but maybe less technologically uh, uh, involved cultures uh, of indigenous peoples who, mm-hmm. who maintain their native diet. So, uh, you know, people that we may see the Aborigines who maintain their native diets in Australia, uh, certain tribes in Africa, for example, mm-hmm. uh, certain tribes in Brazil uh, as well, and in South America. Uh, we we find that as people get older, they don't have these same diseases mm. and they don't develop them. Exactly. And we can attribute that, um, I think, in, in many instances, studies have shown directly uh, to the diet. Yeah. So, can you suggest that how culinary medicines can help to a patient uh, to give a cure for their health issues? Well, sure. Culinary medicine is a very... It's a very ancient uh, study, I, mm-hmm. and you will find roots of culinary medicine in yeah. Ayurvedic medicine, yeah, yeah. Uh, obviously, which has a, its roots in India. So uh, many of the ideas uh, in terms of the foods and the treatments and so forth that are found in Ayurvedic medicine really uh, would be uh, part of what we practice in culinary medicine as well. Mm-hmm. So there, exactly. I, I think there's a lot of crossover there. Um, culinary medicine, is, as we study it, is sort of a modern uh, blending and looking at sort of the modern scientific studies, the modern evidence base, mm-hmm. and applying that to the, the very ancient ideas about these, you know, which foods are wholesome and which ones are not, and looking at their potential effects in our health. They go back, you know, or I think, I believe Ayurvedic medicine goes back over 5,000 years. So mm-hmm. really, culinary medicine in, in some ways is very, very old, if you give it a different name. Uh, and, and not just in Ayurvedic medicine, but back to the ideas of Hippocrates in ancient Greece, mm-hmm. um, and so on and so forth. So in, in Chinese medicine, there's a whole aspect of Chinese medicine that is based on the foods that we eat, um, and so on and so forth. So culinary medicine is, um, in some ways, a modern dressing of some very ancient ideas uh, about food and health. Mm. Okay. And I would add, I, I would add that if folks are interested, uh, if they go to chefdrmike.com, okay. chefdrmike.com, you can see um, and look at our online course, the, the course that we teach at the University of Montana here in the states. It's it's available. Um, it's a hundred percent online course, and it's available. So people could go there and read more about what we do and, and what we teach in our introductory course, and and that may be helpful in, in helping folks sort out mm-hmm. and understand a little bit more of what we do in culinary medicine as well. Mm-hmm. And awesome. uh, thank you. Uh, I'm, I'm so uh, delighted, and um, it's been a great pleasure to be here with you today, Zaki. <laughs> I'm 
Thank you, thank you so much for joining me, and thanks for all the knowledge that you have shared to my listeners. Absolutely, my pleasure. Um, you take care, and, and I hope to chat with you again one day soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'll I'll talk to you again. Yep. Yeah. Sounds great. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. Bye bye. Bye bye, and take care.